0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to Not Another Isekai. I'm Tyler and talking about more anime of course. Uh, seasonal anime closing in on the end. Uh, we're already, was it halfway through the season? More than halfway through the season for most of these shows. Um, and Everything's pretty much wrapping up. This is interesting because we're not only wrapping up the new stuff, so that's like 11 of these shows are new, but also the three like second core stuff as well so a lot of a lot of endings happening right now um yeah not really much else to say <laughs> good stuff good week uh let's let's start uh first we got my hero academia season six episode 20 only well they probably four episodes left five episodes um yeah good stuff here more, more just kind of a continuation of last episode um more of Midoriya being like the Batman character. And uh, seeing more and more trouble, right? Because I think that's that's something that we've gone a couple episodes without seeing. Like the actual villains making moves. Uh, you know, for a while there, I feel like it was just like the villains recouping and sort of trying to, you know, make some sort of plan. Uh, but now we see this, uh, this lady... N- nagant nagant um she's she's pretty cool (laughs) she's a pretty cool character she's she i mean her her quirk is just like a gun which sounds really boring but it's so cool how it does i mean first off it's like through her elbow thing or like arm elbow thing so that's cool and then she like twists off a part of her hair and i guess it just like turns into a bullet it's like super hard She can put it in her thing, boom, snipe, she's, you know, quick shot, not quick shot, um, accurate shot, but also, like, each, she can make different types of bullets, like armor piercing and, like, hollow rounds, and I don't know if she can do, like, explosive rounds, but just, like, different types of bullshit from her hair, like, she's like a human sniper rifle, it's crazy. Uh, That's, that's pretty much (laughs) the whole episode. Um, We do have the beginning where Midoriya saved that one girl from being mobbed. It, I mean, that's cool. That's more so just like world building, just for this arc, where it's just more and more examples of people, regular people, whether it be quirk or quirkless, just not heroes, right? Where hero, where non-heroes are on edge. They're real antsy, real, real anxious about stuff. So even something like that, where we don't even know that she has a quirk necessarily. I mean, her, she she doesn't look fully human so I guess it's presumed that of course she has a quirk and more and more people the majority of people have quirks in this world and this version of earth <laughs> but even that can make people on edge and want them to be like hey what's going on here what are you doing you know and even thinking she might be a villain um you know like the League of Villains or something which well, she's clearly not I mean you know Medora stepped in and was like look at her Does anything about her right now look hostile? (laughs) You know, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, you got it." You know, and they're still like, "Oh, it's 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 her fault for dressing like that." It's like, I don't know. I feel like that's that's some real uh, like negative profiling right there. It's not cool. But you know, if you put yourself in this world, if you're a regular person, wouldn't you feel the same? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. You know, I don't know. I'd be on edge about every single person that has a quirk. So I think I would understand that, well, at least half of them are not bad people, but you know, you can, you, you can sort of step in their head and understand why they're acting the way they're acting. Uh, so yeah, that, that was sort of the beginning. And then, like I said, there's the sniper lady, uh, Lady Nagant. That's just how I'm going to say it. Uh, yeah, she has the sniper stuff. I already kind of explained that. And she shot Midori's GPS. So that, that was huge because then All Might and them couldn't really track him. So that was big. And she did that before uh you know before Midori was able to say, Hey, th- hey, this is who it is. Because right now they're they're in the dark. They're like, I don't know what's going on. With Midori, I don't know what's happening. If he is, you know, facing somebody right now, I don't even know who it is. So that's cool. And uh and then just kind of at the, at the very end, we have what I believe happened, I could be wrong, but I believe all for one gave Lady Nagant a power, a quirk, air walk, where she was able to, well as, as the name suggests, <laughs> walk across air as if there's platforms. If that is what happened, and if I'm not crazy, that's huge. Because isn't that the whole point of him wanting one for all, or sorry, yeah yeah, one for all? Is he able to give quirks to people? I mean I thought that was the whole point of getting one for all. So so maybe I'm wrong. He didn't give her the quirk, but she has two quirks. Like nobody has two quirks. I mean people have like I mean that's 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 not necessarily true. People have two quirks. But the way it was set up, he was like, "Oh, I'm going to make a small deposit." And then it cut to her being like airwalk, you know? So maybe he did? Maybe he found a way, but again, like I've already said it, but isn't what wasn't that the whole point with all for one? Is that when he gets one for all, he can then. Or maybe. No. No. I don't know. It's strange. But anyway, that was basically the episode. Again, not too much happened. Like, it really was just cut up of like, hey, here's the beginning where we're setting the scene again. And then here's basically the other 80% of the episode, which is Midoriya and All Might and them kind of being covert about their, their operations. And then them facing Lady Nagant at the end. So that's going to turn into something big, I'm sure. Um, It's really only her, though, unless she has a bunch of backup. Because, like, if All Might and them... I mean, like, Hawks and Best Genius, like, if they come in, like... We haven't necessarily seen the extent of of Lady Nagant's powers. Um, You know, she might have way more. But, I mean, I don't know that she can fight Midoriya and Hawks and Best Genius and Endeavor. You know. Um, So, yeah. So, yeah. Good episode, um, you know. I thought it was just more of a continuation, but uh, you know, very, very, very necessary. So, next we got Blue Lock episode nineteen. This is the end. This is the end of the end. Um, well, I guess it's sort of the beginning, the end of the beginning, because they they chose Chiguri. Um, you know, that was that was the big setup from last episode. They're gonna pick. I think it was so clear. Like to me, I said this last episode where I was like, it's so clear. They're gonna choose Chiguri. He was the only one that throughout the match showed any sort of growth and like really stood out like Raya was cool he made some plans got some good passes off whatever kunigami he he was pretty good with like boxing some people out um you know I, I i think he scored a couple times so not not a bad performance by either of those two but but shiguri was the one that stood out and he evolved and he he, he was crazy like like he was really the only one when it came down to it when uh what are their names <laughs> Isigi, Nagi, and Baru, when they like leveled up and they're like, Alright, this is my full power. Chiguri was the only one that, that was keeping up with them. So, if they're facing three people that were all the level of Chiguri was during that match, might not have won. But they weren't. Clearly chose Chiguri. You know, it was it was funny because even Isigi was like the smart play would be to pick Rayo <laughs> to like balance the team out. But guess what? We ain't smart. <laughs> we're not we're not smart today and be, you know because it was just like we can't just be stagnant we need someone like chiguri to create these crazy chemical reactions with each other like the whole reason why we we're able to win this match is because we didn't work well together like like baru was a a, a wrench in the machine and then we devoured each other and we leveled up a couple times you know we got we got them skill points trying to trying to flood out the 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 skill tree right and so if if we pick someone that just kind of complements our style it's it's nice but we're not going to grow and if we don't grow we're definitely not going to beat Rin's team so we need someone like Chiguri that that's like kind of dysfunctional with the way our flow is because when we build the new flow the new connections it's gonna be crazy um you know, you know, so that's, that was kind of the, the, the thought process there, which I, I completely agree with. It's clearly chigiri you know, um, and then big moment, Nagi says that he's done with Rayo, um, that was huge. I, I, I really enjoyed that because he was trying to console him a little bit and then Rayo was like being super down on himself and was like, oh, are, are you done with me? Are you, are you throwing me aside? If you are, just, just do it properly. And then Nagi was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah i i am done with you you know because Rayo was trying to almost trying to get him and be like you're you know you're forgetting the promise that we made that that we're going to be the best together we're going to make it to the end together and nagi came back up, was like no you're the one forgetting the promise and i love that because to me i interpreted that as well i'm doing just fine you know i'm moving on to the next election you're the one that's losing you're the one that's not holding up the end of your, you know, the 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 end of the deal, the end of the bargain, right? I'm I'm doing everything I possibly can to get to the end. And then you're over here being like, oh, you know, feeling sad for yourself, being all depressed about losing. It's like, stand up and win, you know, and then get to me, and then we can fight, and then you know what I mean, like. So I so I you know. The whole thing is we're gonna do it together, and yet you're blaming me that you're losing that's not that's not together you know so i love that you know and then even you know kunigami like trying to you know literally both figuratively and physically picking his head up because it's like hey we're we're still in this we're gonna go back we're gonna do a two-on-two we're gonna climb back up um yeah and then another great moment another moment of growth a lot of growth this episode Baru admits that he wasn't mature enough which is great. I never thought I was going to hear that, but I was I was really happy to hear that they finally gave Baro something to say. You know, I know it's kind of his character, is that he's just this, like, stoic, like, doesn't care about getting close to anyone, doesn't care about knowing anything about anybody. It's just, play soccer, I'm the best, feed me the ball, I'm going to score. But I like that through Isigi and Nagi, they were able to grow and start like opening up a little bit and start, you know, even though he he, he was trying to mask it, it as like, oh, I'm just, I'm just asking about you so that I can, I can devour you and be better than you. And, you know, you know, that way you can never do what you did to me today again. You know, and I know that he was trying to mask it like that and trying to still, you know, have his like king, kingship. Right. But, you know, I do like that he finally, and th- and they touched on it last episode with like ego in them where he was like you have to reach the bottom like sometimes you have to lose you have to know what it's like to lose and realize that you are not the best on the field in order to get better and Baro never felt that until today so I like that you know you know I think that that will really grow them as a team and they really need that especially now they're adding in another person now Jiguri has worked with ECG before obviously but not not in this team <laughs> Not with Nagi or Baru, and also not with all three of them together. So, I'm excited to see that. And then uh, Rin says that Bakura is afraid of playing alone. That hits him. This is, honestly, like the second half of this episode. It is a very Bakura-centric episode. We see some of his backstory about how he was always a monster, always, always following that monster. He was always called weird. And then we have a little bit of his perspective from the beginning of the season, which is really cool. And how, you know, the whole reason why he was drawn to Isigi, and we, we already kind of knew this, but I like seeing it from his perspective, where he was like, he grew up following the monster, right? Like, it didn't matter if what his teammates said, he was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow this thing, because this thing is what I want to play like. And he fo- and now he follows Isagi, and he really wants to play with Isagi, because Isagi is the only one that plays like him. I, you know, you know Isagi is like his new monster, So, you know, so that's why he's always followed him. And now that's even more important because now he's like, maybe Rin is another monster. And so so that's kind of getting him a little excited. And it does play towards the end of the episode, which um, I'll talk about right now. Um, You know, you know, Bakura and Rin come out. Iski's there. He's going to challenge them, which is awesome that he's already like, yep, we're facing them. That's probably going to be the end of the season. And... Now that we've learned so much about Bakura and seen so much, it's fun to see from his perspective because he's like, all right, who am I going to follow? You know, this match basically decides who who I should be following and who I should be playing soccer with, Rin or Isigi. Two monsters that are facing off against each other. So um, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I believe there's probably 24 episodes. So we still have five more episodes left. I don't know if they're going to stretch out one match over five episodes, I feel like that's a lot for a five-on-five. Five. Um, I feel like they might... Because, like, what else would it be? I mean, th- th- they're not going to start another... A whole other, like, selection round. Unless there's some weird, like, bonus thing. Like, like bonus round thing for this five-on-five. Five. Um, I don't really know what they're going to do. Five whole episodes, you know what I mean? So... We'll see. I'm excited to see it though because this four on four is what we've been waiting for. This is it, you know. And again, theoretically, if if Isuki were to lose, it's not over. He just gets bumped down to three on three, and then they have to climb back up again. You know, time is not on their side because there's also a, a, a time restraint as well. Um, if time ends and you're not, you haven't won by then, you're you're eliminated. Um, but I mean, theoretically, it's not the end of the world, but also like I've kind of been saying this whole season, you know, you know, I mean, especially with this whole thing with the like the team picking up people, dropping people this, you know, this whole part of the show, um, you know, I, you know, I don't think Isigi is going to be carried to win. Right. So like even in the crazy scenario where Rin's team wins, I, I, I could see Isigi going all out and then wanting to pick Isigi, but that, that just feels super weak to me. To be like, oh, well, Isugi, the main character, lost, but he's still going forward and he still won because Rin and his team picked him. You know, that, you know, that just seems like, like a super soft ending. I, I feel like there's no doubt in my mind that Isigi's team is going to beat Rin. I'm very interested to see, and, and we'll talk about this more as, you know, the match actually starts and it goes. Um, If Isigi's team wins, who do they pick? You know, because I feel like story-wise, they're going to pick Bakura. But I also think it could be wild for them to be like, but Rin is the best player. <laughs> you know, but also, do they have to... Wait, hold on. Do they have to win a five-on-five? I don't, I actually don't remember that part. I thought maybe if they just got to a team of five, they win. But if they have to win a five-on-five, that could be why there's a whole five episodes left. Because it's like, okay, we might spend like two episodes on this, one middle episode, and then two more episodes on the five-on-five. Either way, Rin is the best character. I could see a scenario where they really want to rip our hearts out and then be like, ah. I wanna pick Bakura, you know, you know, Bakura's my guy. But Rin's the best player. And if and if we have to win a five on five to win and then move on to the whole next stage, we gotta pick the best player <laughs> and then just rip our hearts out. Because again, Bakura doesn't mean Bakura's out of the show, but it it would be something something crazy. It would be insane, right? um but anyway i mean my my heart wants wants bakura right because because bakura is cool you know so yeah we'll see you next episode uh next we have the eminent and shadow episode 20 and this is the final episode the show is over and boy do i have some thoughts <laughs> so we'll just we'll, we'll just go through the episode we'll just go through some some high points in the episode first um sid is clowning beatrix he's just way too fast right he's doing that like naruto thing where it's like they're so fast they just disappear <laughs> it was it was really cool to watch this, this whole episode had some really cool action sequences um and then even with iris's help he can't be stopped he's just like yeah it's just light work right um and then iris is like there's nowhere to run the whole city will be after you and he's just like who's running <laughs> I've, I'm not running. What do you What do you mean? You're You're saying that as if I'm losing and I'm trying to retreat. I am. I'm making you, <laughs> making everyone here look like children. What do you? We're running. Have them come. You know. You You know who I am. <laughs> um. But then, oddly enough, Sid did leave. Uh, it just kind of disappeared. Iris is very frustrated because he she, she lost him. Right. And Rose has disappeared with, with Alpha, right? We saw the little meeting there with Rose and Alpha in the alley and she just accepted. She was like, all right, cool. This is, this is all I have, right? Cause Rose, Rose really is running. You know, Rose killed her father, the King, like she's going to like, she is on the run. <laughs> if she gets captured, she's going to be put in jail for life. If she's lucky, uh, maybe executed. <laughs> so it makes sense um alpha ends up bringing rose to alexandria which is shadow garden's base um i guess she's going to be trained to be one of the you know one of the alphabet you know along with alpha beta gamma all those guys um there's over 600 of them in the shadow garden uh you know may- maybe not currently but she's like the 660th member or something um and then sid at the very end playing the piano which is the end song i guess um, he says something about the Hour of Awakening, and there's little time left. And then he does a funny thing that, you know, Sid always does, because this is somewhat of like a fourth wall breaking show. Um, he says, yeah, yeah, that's I'm going to do it just like that. He kind of walks away. And so that, that's basically the episode. Um, it was a cool episode. My my whole issue with the show, and I've, and I've obviously talked about this at nauseam, so I'll try to keep this opinion of mine short because you've already heard it. But like the first 10 episodes feels like the first season and I really enjoyed it. Right. It was it was really cool. Him being secretive about stuff him being in like in like weird dynamics with all these different characters and then the whole Shadow Garden secrecy and then the shadow, the fake Shadow Garden and then uh, Sherry, you know, her whole storyline, too. It was all really cool. Also, I just realized she never came back. We never saw her again. You know, you know, she she was like traveling and I feel like, <laughs> I just feel like there was more to her story. Like, I'll be back, you know, sort of energy. She never was. Um, and then the second 10 episodes were like a second season that just didn't vibe with me at all. Like the beginning of the fir- of those second 10 episodes were very weird. And then it kind of went into some more secret stuff, which was cool, but I was still like, this feels super sudden and like not really set up. And then the end, it kind of reverted back to Sid in a tournament arc being mundane man. I was like, okay, this is kind of the energy that we were getting from the beginning. And then he sort of revealed himself as Lord Shadow, Shadow, but not Sid as Lord Shadow. Okay, Sid is perfectly fine. Sid is still riding a train with his school friends. So it's okay. So he didn't reveal himself mundane man is Lord Shadow. Okay, cool. And then him at the end being like, "There's little time left." I'm just, little time left for what? <laughs> like, what are we talking? Is this all just nonsense? I don't know. I understand that to a point. The, um, the whole like <sighs> setup for this show is that it is sort of parodying and like toying with. Um, you know, other tropes in anime, right, like other power fantasies, uh, maybe even other isekai, right, I I understand that, but like, I just feel like it gets to a point where stuff just starts happening, and there's just so many things, again, you know, know, maybe that's the point, maybe they're introducing all these things and all these weird interactions on purpose, it just sort of like became a show, and I've I've mentioned this before, where there are some shows where stuff just kind of happens, You know like i don't feel there's a real plot i don't feel like the characters are that interesting stuff just kind of happens and like one foot in front of the other but like super robotic and i feel like at a point this show became that where it was just like all right i guess they're finding this other this like sanctuary like okay cool we're here now okay and then the the one um the one like sword master came out and they killed her sort of and they broke free. I don't really know what the point of that was. I don't know what the point of that little mini arc was. You know, it, it, uh, I don't know. I don't know. At the end of the day, I think the show was fine. I think they're very clearly setting up a second up, uh, a second season. I don't know <laughs> that I'm super eager to watch a second season, but maybe it'll get better. I feel like this was a super roller coaster of a show, and it ended, and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I guess, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's the riveting <laughs> praise that I have for this show. Uh, next, we'll go on to The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten, episode 7. Uh, yeah, yeah, this one was cool. This one was, I think, a huge leap forward for their relationship. Um, you know, I, every episode is making progress, and I think it's so clearly moving towards, okay, they are going to at some point, explicitly confess, (laughs) and be like, okay, we, you know, we, we do like each other, we do want to be together, but this one was, was a great, a great leap forward, um, so, beginning we have Chitose forcing her way into the lunch, um, which was really just set up for what the episode really was going to be, um, it was, it was honestly just an excuse to, like, (laughs) have that, that one picture of, 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 Mahiru sent, because that kind of tumbles into the rest of the episode um, into Mahiru not really revealing but just like sort of being like oh yeah you know I, I I take good care of Mr. Bear you know she starts to get like way too many details and she gets embarrassed about it which is which is really cute um, and then you know that's this nice little back and forth with them um, you know Not something we've never seen before, right? Where one of them lets something slip and one of them gets embarrassed and they kind of go back, right? So that was sort of reinforcing that idea. And then it's juxtaposed by the big, like, actual reveal in the episode, which is something that I've been waiting for. I've mentioned this a bunch. I've been waiting for the whole season, right? Which is, what is Mahiru's story, right? Like, what's going on with her family? her, uh, you know, her, like, growing up, her past, right, all that stuff. Because I feel like whenever something gets close, you know, whenever the conversation between her and Amine get close to that, she shuts down, right? Like, we've we have seen her leave, we've seen her change the subject, all that stuff. And so we finally see it here because it's sort of forced out of her. Um, we find out that Mahiru's biological mother is terrible, her father kind of sucks too but we we haven't seen that in action (laughs) um i guess fortunately and yeah it's just like so so apparently mahiro's parents they didn't really love each other it was just out of the interest of the out of the families which is you know not not super crazy of an idea i mean i know or like arranged marriages aren't super like really a thing in america but other countries they they still exist right Um, and the sad part though is that they never wanted a kid so they never emotionally supported Mahiru they only financially supported her right just out of obligation right you are our child so we will make sure you don't die (laughs) you know but other than that we don't care. Uh, Mahiru tries her hardest but never gets their attention right so that that even like builds up why she is the way she is you know it's it's not just anime, right? You know, it, you know, it's not just, oh, well, we're, we're writing this anime. And her, her, her quirky personality trait is that she's just perfect in everything, right? Like, we've seen that character before. And sometimes there's an explanation for it, sometimes there isn't. It's just, that's just who the character is. And so with this, you know, I like that they gave a reason for it. They're like, oh, no, she's perfect. You know, quote unquote, perfect. Because she is, her whole life, she's constantly tried to make her parents acknowledge her. And so she made sure that she gets the best grades, that she is athletic, you know, that she does extracurriculars or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, because she just wants that recognition. And I like that, you know, and then I love Amine's reaction to all of this. Um, You know, we're obviously we're thinking the same thing he is where it's like, dude, your your parents are terrible. (laughs) Like, that's a terrible situation to be in. Uh, you know, it even explains the one time where she mentioned the maid, right? Uh, like, you know, the the maid taught her to cook, right? Um, but I love what he says. He says a bunch of things, but the one that hit me was, if you want to cry, just cry. You know, and his whole point of his whole reason for saying that was like, you can't keep holding this in. You know, I'm here. I'm next to you. I'm with you. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to shoulder this burden alone. You know, you might have had to your whole life because you never really got close to anybody. Um, and, I, and I think that has a lot to do with your past, right? Where you never felt wanted by your parents. So that sort of eked into just who you are as a person. Where it's like you don't you don't want or maybe you don't believe that others want to be close to you. And so Amine being here and not only the past few months, but just here in this moment is like, hey, like, you like... <laughs> You have to deal with this, you know, and not like it's your fault. Deal with it. It's more so just like you can face this. Like you are strong enough. You are like, come on, right? And so she cries, and so it's you know it's very cute too because she's like, oh well, don't you know, don't don't watch me cry. I don't, I don't actually want you to see me cry. Um. And then, and then here's kind of the rebound, right, where they they start talking to each other, start consoling, right, and it's like. You know, I love the end where they're like um, you know, they they have each other. Um again, not 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 a confession or anything like that, but this really does like it's sort of like working out, right? Like you know how working out works where you do whatever you do, lift weights, use the machine, run. <laughs> And what happens is that your your like muscle fibers, they, they tear, but then they grow back stronger. And I think that's kind of like what this episode was, where we kind of broke down Mahiru's past and like her like biggest dark cloud that is constantly around her. We kind of broke we revealed it and kind of broke it down. But now that she's told someone about this and she has someone else that can kind of help her through all of this. You know, I think she's going to be stronger for it. And I also think that their relationship is going to be stronger as well, where there's this, again, this huge part of her life, which basically turned her into who she is today. Um, so there's some good and some bad <laughs> with with that fact. Um, and not, you know, now she has someone else that, that knows it, you know, you know, now she has someone else that can talk to her about it and like maybe relate to her with some things or whatever it may be. And, you know, even just, just like support her, be like, hey, you have me, but like also like you know that Chitose and uh, Ikun, um, and, you know his friends, like they're with you. Like they, they, they love you as well. Um, you know my parents, you know love you. You know it's like you, you have other people, um, and there are other people in school too that I'm sure would like to get to know you. Um, you know, again, not not blaming Mahiru, but it's like, hey, you know we other people would probably want to be your friend too, you know. So basically when it comes down to it, you're not alone. We 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 got this, you know. Um so yeah, I just you know I just love that episode again. It is it is bearing her soul and Amine being there for her. Um which is which is great, you know. So um yeah, excited for the future of the show. Uh, we are over halfway done. You know, I think I I truly believe we will get a confession by the end, Uh, but then there's that weird thing where it's like, where does the show go after that? You know, is the excitement and the entertainment in the show, the fact that they aren't together and they're kind of tiptoeing? Or will it still be entertaining even after they are officially together? Next, we got the ice guy and his cool female colleague, episode seven. Um, Yeah. This one was cool. Um, it was the Halloween episode. Right in the ripe ripe old month of February. <laughs> so j- just missed it. Just missed it. Um, so yeah, it kind of opens up with um, kind of a wacky scenario, which is like, oh, there's, I don't know, it's like the lottery or something, a billion yen, right? Which is crazy. It's so much money. Um, and then it goes to um, it goes to another weird situation with Himuro and Fiyutsuki both buying four coffees from Starbucks um, which is funny, right? Because the whole point was like oh, we want to try this coffee oh, my friends might want to try this coffee and they both get it no one tells each other there's no communication there I mean, to be fair it was supposed to be a surprise, right? So it's like I can't be like hey, I'm going to get this You know, I wanted to surprise this so other so we have eight coffees <laughs> there's so many coffees um, so that was funny, but the whole point of those two tidbits are now leading into what the episode is about, which is, Hey, there's going to be this party. We're all going to be together. There's a costume contest. There's a prize winnings, whatever. Um, and yeah, we have the president who super likes parties, maybe like a little too much. <laughs> it's like a weird, like obsession with parties. Uh, but it was, it was cool. And there's a costume contest. And so they all, it's very strange. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why but like they want this like jack-o'-lantern type costume and it's sold out everywhere don't know why every one of these got like why is it so popular (laughs) why do people like this costume so much it's not even like that cool of a costume you know it's just like you're you're just inside of like a like a mascot costume basically um uh yeah so they they decided to do that and it's sold out everywhere and so they get new costumes and they get like vampire costumes which is really cool right every costumes can be super simple you know not not a whole lot of moving parts which is nice but it all comes together and it's like oh cool vampire gotcha that's that's Halloween that's classic Halloween um, and uh, let's see we have a nice really we have a really cute moment where um, Fuyutsuki flicks, the head of himuro and she's like oh well you know earlier i said trick or treat you never gave me any candy which means no treat which means trick so flick there, right and uh you know that that got himuro all hot and bothered or i guess cold and bothered right um like frozen in place <laughs> um it's it's just great man you know it's, just, it's just one of those shows it was just like ah, oh, man there's two people having like cute moments together it's just like it doesn't get better than this you know like we don't need anything more from this show um they're all vampires uh, we have another nice moment where himaru or not himaru uh futuki has fake blood on her on her mouth you know for the whole vampire effect and it's and himaru <laughs> himaru thought it was real freaked out she's like no 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 no, no. It's, it's all good it's all good uh, but again like any any rational human would not have been like oh she's actually bleeding from her mouth but because it's himuro and because of his his like perspective on Fugutsuki as a person um you know he's like his like danger sense went off right he was like oh my god there's she's she's injured we gotta help her what happened but it's like oh no no dude you're 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 looking way past reality like she's a vampire you have to remember that (laughs) you know most other characters okay maybe yeah like if she was dressed up as Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster, right? Frankenstein's monster, not really known to, like, eat people, right? I mean, I think maybe, like, the, like, bastardization of of Frankenstein's monster, maybe now, might, might eat people. But, like, originally, Frankenstein's monster was just... A guy for the most part right um you know, you know just a guy that was cobbled together by corpses and actually like super intelligent of of a creature it was just like his appearance right um anyway you know no one no one that talks about 99% of people that talk about Frankenstein's monster did not read Frankenstein <laughs> you know did not read uh was it uh Mary Mary Shelley I think was her name who, who first wrote frankenstein um, anyway but yeah so they're not typically known for like eating people drinking blood bleeding from the mouth so yeah in that moment it's like oh whoa there's blood in it will be okay you know or like dressed as like i don't know like the like classic like cat girl right it's like okay there's blood for you. whoa you got some are you, you good you like bleeding right there she's like oh no it's fake blood i'm like okay cool um explain <laughs> where are you cats cats don't drink blood they don't eat people i mean i guess they they are omnivores um so i guess you could eat like a rat or something but uh it'd be strange and then uh what else do we have Uh, the mummy team won which they helped out make this like eco-friendly mummy team Uh, but then the vampire team got runner-up so their whole friend group kind of (laughs) won you know for first and second place and uh, we have the nice cute ending where Futsuki wants to wear the costume longer with Himuro. Because she, you know, she got to the party late. And really, I mean, you know, thinly veiled attempt <laughs> at just wanting to stick around with Himuro more. And also, she really liked the way Himuro looked in the costume. It's like, hey, do you want to maybe want hang out a little more? Costume, you know? Um. So yeah, love it, right? Like, th- like, like this show... Again, like, I feel like I compare this show to Angel Next Door a whole lot. And there are a lot of comparisons. I feel like this show is more, like, situational. Angel Next Door, I feel like, does have more of a loose, common thread where I do feel like it's it's escalating, you know, with each episode. This show, Ice Guy and his cool female colleague, I don't necessarily see escalating, like, blatantly. You know, I, I think it has gotten bigger since the first episode but i do feel like it is more like i said situational where it is like oh we're just gonna we're just gonna have like halloween episode you know um i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just just observation i guess i mean you know with this as well do i think that by the end of the season they'll confess to each other i think it's very possible you know to be fair though um no, maybe I guess not. I, I was going to say that I feel like their relationship might be even further along, though, somehow. But, no. I guess maybe not. Because I was like, well, they, they went to dinner together. But that was once. <laughs> and I guess, they know next door, you know, they, like, hang out at each other's house a whole lot. You know? Himo and Fujiki haven't even been over each other's house yet. So, hopefully uh, that happens soon. That'd be nice. I mean, although... If we are keeping with the timeline, Halloween just happened. We're in episode seven. We we could very well, and I would I, would ex- I, would, I would kind of expect at this point, to get a Christmas episode. And that's, you know, Christmas is like the romantic holiday, right? So, could be gearing towards that. Maybe that's a little closer to a whole confession type thing. That'd be cool. Uh, we'll see. Next, we have... Uh, the Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and Genius Young Lady Episode 7. Um Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like a whole lot happened in this episode. There were a couple key moments though that I think are big setups for the future. Um, so we have Tilty helping Laney control her powers. She's basically a vampire <laughs> I guess, uh, which is neat i didn't really see that coming but it's it's cool it's a cool development um tilty tells yuffie to seriously think about her relationship with anis and i love that she did this because i i think it's so true where it's like you really have to think about this we both know you know you know i've known me as tilty i've known anis a lot longer than you have but we both know what what type of person Anis is. We know how crazy she is. We know how passionate she is. You can't go into this halfway. You know you need to decide. You know you know she's saying like, I mean at this point she's kind of already done everything she just, out, she set out to do on paper. When it comes to Yuffie, right, where it's like she she's gonna restore your honor. Like at this point your honor's restored. Like you should have no problem doing whatever you want to do, right? So why so why are you still her assistant? You know, and that's, and, you know, you know, Tiltie made it very clear that, you know, she wasn't saying that negatively. It was more so just like, so why are you still with her? You know, why, you know, why are you still helping her with all this stuff? Like, like, you have to understand that for yourself before you understand, like, I don't know, her, her future, I guess, because that was, you know, that is Yuffie's whole thing where she's like, I don't know what to do now. I'm just kind of clinging on Anis but it's like, why? Like, 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 why are you still with her? Um, you have to decide that. And I love it because it's, it you know, it's, it's so true. Um, she could very well just leave, you know, she doesn't really, you know, quote unquote need Anis anymore. And she could go do something else, like, she, you know, but, but the fact that she's still with her, I mean, we, we know why, right, like, she, she likes Annis, you know, I think it is a super real possibility that the both of them, like, get together, or just get a lot closer by the end of this season, and so, like, we know that's the reason, but you have to, you have to understand, like, what that means to, like, be with her, and get close to her, and, like what her motives are like we don't know you know you know we don't know what she's trying to do long term so I just like that very serious conversation where we can clearly tell that 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 Yuffie was jealous right and she was even like was I I I guess I was jealous you know it was like kind of innocent and like also kind of frustrating at the same time um but yeah and then I love the second half where, where where Yuffie shows it right she talks the talk, but now she's walking the walk. Um, we have the Ministry of Arcane isn't fond of Anis just with their past, right? She and like the whole like magicology stuff, right? They're not into that. It's like it's 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 uh what do they say? It's like against the whole spirit stuff. It's like it's like sacrilege, right? Um, but whatever, right? It's just like old people, just like boomers, you know? The boomers thinking everything's got to stay the same when clearly if we changed it it'd be better like come on um so yuffie decides to go all in right she she takes what what tilty said to heart she not only goes all in on the presentation but she does stuff that anis didn't even ask her to do and like really shows commitment and goes crazy about the 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 adra which is like hey this broom thing really cool not super practical so anis has been developing the adra which is like a dragon's head it's 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 like a hovercraft slash rocket car type thing it's crazy but then also talks up anis as well where it's like hey no like she like she cares about this stuff she's trying to make it better you know um right like the the stuff that she's done with me like what like she just like goes crazy <laughs> right absolutely ham and like anis is looking at her and it's like, oh my gosh, like tearing up and everything. So that's great. Right. That, that's great that we had that moment. You know, I think this is both Yuffie showing her, um, like kind of, kind of like opening herself up to Annis. Right. But I mean, you know, maybe Annis really seeing that, right. Like we see that it's not necessarily just, just a one way street, um, you know, her her seeing it and hopefully realizing it and being like, okay, okay, gotcha, you know, and, you know, Anis is here for the long haul, she really does care, or sorry, Yuffie, Yuffie's here for the long haul, she cares, we're doing this, you know, like, like, she's special, right, it's not just like Ilya helping her out, not just like Lainey helping her out, crazy blood drinker over here, (laughs) apparently Ilya let her drink some of her blood, wild, um, like, this is something special, right, and so that's, Again, I feel like in terms of stuff that happened, not too much, but these couple things with the <laughs> vampire Laney, but then also Yuffie being like, yo, I am, I am, I am baking you up so much right now. And I, and I believe every word that I'm saying is so huge and I, I can't, I can't wait for the future, right? Next episode, whatever, you know, to see, you know, hopefully that comes back, you know, I would, I would love for Anis and Yuffie to have a conversation about this like a real conversation about the future that'd be nice Um uh, yeah great great show love the show next we got buddy daddy's episode seven um this is the episode where we learned a lot we learned a lot about koski i loved it um so, so basically the whole setup was that you know koski feels like he's underappreciated um so he leaves right he learns a little bit more about himself as well. And then Ray and Miri are kind of forced to uh, appreciate what he does by doing it themselves and failing for the most part. Um, so basically we have, we have two storylines here, right? So we have, uh, you know, Ray and Miri doing their thing and then we have Kosky doing his thing. So with Ray and Miri, it was more so just like hijinks, right? That was kind of like the, the like lighter side of the episode. Um, we see that daycare is closed They, they rushed out to get the daycare supplies, get her dressed, no umbrella. they get there, it's Sunday, (laughs) like, God, uh, it's Sunday, we wasted all that time, (laughs) and the daycare's not even open today, (laughs) um, let's see, uh, Ray ordered a pizza, (laughs) he's like, I don't know how to cook, (laughs) let's just get a pizza, um, and then... Ray truly believes that that, that he's been abandoned. He's like, oh no, God, he's abandoned us. He's not coming back. <laughs> Which is like, why Why would you say that? Now Mary's freaking out, you know? Um, And then uh, the terrible thing is Mary gets sick, right? And that, that was a moment for me where I was like, this is like real. Like this is one of those few like super real moments that Buddy Daddies has. You know, because for the most part, I mean, we've watched the show, right? Like Buddy Daddies is mostly just like, slapstick crazy situations oh man what's miri gonna say next you know how do we balance the whole like spy life and dad life what do we do but then we have some serious moments where like miri gets sick and ray's freaking out because oh my god we, do we have medicine we have medicine oh no it's only for adults i have to get her to a hospital like miri is like sick sick like she is not doing well like she is, she's, she's bad. <laughs> um, and then he's like, he's like got to the hospital. Where's the hospital? How do I get to a hospital? I don't even know. And then he rushes in and just like the look on his face and like the, um, the, uh, uh, worry the, the, the amount of distraught in his face and in his voice when he, when he kicks open the door to the, the little cafe and, and he's Q and he's like, please help and then oh no like he just has miri in his arms like 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 that was a moment where i was like you know like ray cares about miri and like they they can do stuff in this show to get us to really care about these characters and not just be like ah it's fun you know um so then we jump over to the other one which is really the more important i feel like you know the more like revealing plot of, of the episode um we have Corinne, who is Kasuki's sister-in-law, who is koskis sister-in-law um who's, who's who's been looking for him right and and we find out that Corinne is the sister to Yuzuha or sorry Yuzuko Yuzuko not Yuzuha Yuzuha is from Tokyo <laughs> Adventures um Yuzuko and Yuzuko was the was the girlfriend fiance to uh Kasuki um so uh yeah he's, he's not doing very well um he gets like beat up <laughs> he gets gets thrown in the garbage and he looks up and he sees you know he he sees Yusko right but it turns out it's just Karin, and um you know we we start to see more and more of like some some payoff from the beginning of the season where you know he keeps putting away money and giving it to someone and we're never really sure who that is like, you know, we, we might've thought, I mean, I, I, I think my, um, my prediction was it was his girl who he had to abandon, right? That, you know, that's always what I thought it was where he, he, he had to leave his girl maybe for the spy life or something. Um, or maybe she left him or something. I, I you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, something bad happened between him and and his old wife or something right and so he's always felt guilty for that so he always sends her money to take care of her and maybe a child that they had together right because we have seen that before we we've you know we've seen that that imagery before with him and his girl and his and his and his pregnant wife right we've seen that so i was like oh maybe it was that but then we see oh he was sending it to the sister corinne because he feels that it was his fault that Yusko died Uh, We see a flashback to him on a foot chase with some bad people, bad people uh, crash their truck, truck explodes, and who is there? Who's there on the side of the street? Yusko. Yusko gets annihilated. (laughs) Um, And it's all set up, and I love the explanation to Koski's character, because I feel like Koski does have this weird, like, darkness surrounding him, you know, even these you know throughout the first half of the season and again with all sending money and having the relationship with miri um and it, again it just it just really explains certain moments in the show but then for the payoff for corinne to say this this beautiful line which is memories aren't a prison and i love it because she's basically saying like you don't you don't have to keep feeling sorry for yourself. You know, like if you're feeling sorry for me, don't. Like I've moved on. It's been 5 years. Like I don't blame you. You know. If you're feeling sorry for her, don't. Like she like you know, you know that 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 use code would not want you to keep being depressed. You know? Like like stop. You know, she 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 was another line where she's like you know, she's sad. To know that every time Kazuki thinks of Yusko, it's Yusko being sad, you know, because, you know, that's like Kosky's, um you know, that's like what, you know, what he always imagines is that Yusko is, is upset with him or sad or whatever. Like, and she's just like, dude, like, she wouldn't want you to do that. Like, you don't have to keep being chained, right? Memories are a prison. Like, you can live your life. Like, she would want you. Like I know that she loved you. I know that you loved her. She would want you to live your life, you know, and stop like beating yourself up over this. So. And, and another good thing is that you know she even says herself like Corinne is like, I'm studying abroad. Like I'm I'm doing stuff in my life. Like I'm 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 gonna she's going to like France for fashion or something, and and that really hits Kosky, you know, because it's like, oh wow, maybe. Maybe people can move on you know, like, you don't, you don't have to forget about her, you're probably never going to, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't forget about her, because you loved her, but, you know, t- to keep blaming yourself, you know, and then be like, oh, well, maybe this, maybe that, like, there's no point in it, you know, Um, and then, you know, even, you know, even Corinne finds out, you know, found out from Q that, you know, he was taking in a, a like, relative's daughter, and, She's like, you know, I know that you would make her happy too, and that's like, you know, you know that that really puts everything into perspective for Koski. Not only with the with the stuff, but then it's like, oh, I have a family. Like I have Ray, of course, but I also have Miri, and it's like, yeah, I can, I can do this. I, I can do good with my life, you know. Um, so it's great. And then he comes home. He finds Ray and Miri in bed, sick, but seemingly okay, you know. And then he buys Miri a new umbrella, which is more, which is more symbolic, right? At the beginning, the umbrella went crazy, and that was triggered a memory in him of Yusko's umbrella when she died, and so him bu- buying Miri a new umbrella is is somewhat symbolic of like, hey, I've, you know, I am moving on from this. So, um, again, really cool. You know, that's was one reason I like Buddy Daddies, and also shows like Buddy Daddies where they do have this like other side to them there's like emotional side to them that that they can tap into and it doesn't work um it doesn't feel forced either like like this stuff there has been breadcrumbs of this the whole season and it's not just super sad like it is hope right koski has been chained down by this his whole life ever since it happened and miri is helping him change and then corinne makes him realize that hey like this is okay <laughs> You know, it's okay to move on from this. You don't have to put yourself in this box. No one else is doing that, you know? Um, so I, I love it, right? Um, I know, and another thing I love is that because they did this, at some point, you know, we're going to get a, a Ray centric episode where we really get into Ray. Like we've seen flashbacks of him and his father, all that stuff, but I feel like at some point, we're really going to get into Ray's story and I'm, I'm i'm excited for that you know that's 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 really interesting um so yeah good stuff next we got vinland saga season two episode six um yeah this one was was good man you know it was them strengthening the relationship a little bit um learning more about the farm and uh yeah that's that's pretty much it just just like good times for the most part just you know an episode where stuff happens and it's good um you know they they, they can't uproot those stumps without a horse um then we get Zverical has them picking rocks for a horse they're chopping wood they're just doing stuff right and at this point we're like we don't know who this man is um you know he Zverical does give off the energy of like someone important but I was like I don't know who this is you know you know I wonder if he's just like a dude that people just kind of leave alone but maybe he's been on this farm forever so he just kind of works you know i don't i don't know um we find out that spherical is uh kettle which is their master uh you know kettle's father and it's like oh okay everything's starting to make sense understand why he's kind of alone people trying to let him do his thing but also why he has the ability to give a horse to somebody right and the horse is great the horse is a super big help They're they're able to take up these stumps left and right um you know they're like borrowing like a like till machine or whatever that's going it's awesome right and so you know i always love characters like that where they're like the like old and wise character that just has been here so long and just knows so much that no one can really say no to them you know like the only one that can go against him is is you know is kettle like realistically no one else on the entire farm is gonna tell spherical what he can and can't do and i just love characters like that you know when they're just like yeah i don't care and like he's also not causing problems really. Like the only reason that him and his, him and his son fight is because Kettle doesn't want him to be on his own anymore. You know he's like, hey, you're 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 too old. Like you should be living with us. You should not be working the farm. Like this is ridiculous. But Kettle's just like, I was born on this farm and I'll die on this farm. <laughs> you know. Um, but it's true. You know that's 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 what he wants. That's what he wants to do with his life. Who you know who are you to say he can't. and also he's not causing problems for anyone you know he's not like senile and he's like messing up other people's work and whatever like he's just in his own place in his own house like he's chilling i love characters like that um and we have the other little realization here where anar is shocked that thorfinn's never farmed before it's funny because i thought back and i was like yeah no i guess thorfinn never has had to farm before you know like in the beginning he was a child Right? So he didn't really do work like that. I'm trying to think back, as you know... He was even like, well, no one in my village farmed. And I'm like, is that possible? Is it possible for the people just not farm? Where'd they get their stuff from? You know? I mean, later on it makes sense, because he was part of, like, a mercenary troop. And so they just worked for stuff. So they just buy stuff or steal stuff from... Or, like, you know, not steal, pillage, right? From whatever. So that made sense. But I was like, oh, I guess his family never farmed like what did they how they get food and stuff like i don't I, I don't remember that you know maybe they just traded for goods like they like they made other stuff so they i don't really remember i don't remember season one too well it was, it was a while ago it was at least a few years ago um yeah so he was just he was a surprise he was like all right well i'll i'll lead when it comes to us actually like starting the farm right um and um let's see yeah it's, that's that's pretty much the whole episode um the very end we have a little conversation here with snake um you know snake and his people they're in charge of keeping thieves off their property uh, off the farm and they're like oh man it's you know up until now we haven't had anything worse than thieves and they explain why right so kettle will give you know once a year or whatever or twice a year will give a huge offering to the king king Harold, and king Harold accepts so he's sort of obligated to protect um the farm from any sort of big threats um so yeah so that was that was cool i'm sure you know that that was mentioned here for a reason i feel like that'll probably come back at some point um maybe 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 the farm will get some sort of crazy um invasion you know we'll see again you know you know i feel like again like i i love some of the subtle stuff because um they were talking about that and then snake was like yeah man you know, you know, we're taking down these thieves or whatever, but like, we don't really have that many, like this, this farm is a lot bigger than the protection we have, you know, this farm could, could easily be invaded by like, what, like 50 people, like 50 soldiers. And he looks over to Thorfinn, he's like, right Thorfinn? And Thorfinn's like, oh, I don't, I don't really know. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know that. And it's just funny because it could have just been Snake trying to make him uncomfortable, just like you know Snake kind of character is—he just likes to mess with people. But I feel like they're they're kind of piecing stuff together, where it's like you know we had the one Snake interaction when he saved Thorfinn, um, and then he he drew a sword and the Thorfinn actually moved right—that was the first time he moved the whole thing because he saw real danger, like he knew that the the one dude like chopping him up wasn't gonna do anything right. But this dude had a move, and he had the intent of, like, kill. So Thorfinn actually went into, you know, he, like, you know, he was a, a like, sleeper cell agent, and he woke up, and he defended himself, right? And so Snake saw that. And now Snake is asking, like, you know, he's trying to get into a little bit of Thorfinn, you know? Again, Thorfinn was, like, the one. He was, like, like the freaking child devil of the battlefield, (laughs) you know? So little bit of you know, a little bit of foreshadowing there. Maybe we'll see. um At the very end, nice moment where Anar and Thorfinn become friends. I guess right, like Anar's talking to him and you know calls him his friend, and Thorfinn is like friend, and Anar's like, oh, wait, are we are we not friends? Like why why are you shocked by that? Wait, hold on, have I have I mis misinterpreted our relationship? And Thorfinn's like, yeah, no, yeah, no, we're we're friends, we're friends, which is nice because you know, Thorfinn has been isolated for so long, so much bad stuff has happened to him, he really hasn't had a friend (laughs) in a while, you know, a long while, so it's, it's nice, you know, it's nice to see Thorfinn happy, you know, even for small stuff like that, um, but yeah, so, good episode, I enjoyed it, um, you know, again, just kind of learning more about some people on the farm, learn more about the situation on the farm, um, them obviously making some progress, you know, pulling up those stumps, tilling some land, um, you know, not not being able to till too deep because of the roots or whatever. But they are gonna start having a little little section of of, of their land there and start farming. So that's cool, and uh, yeah, good stuff. Next we have the Misfit Demon King Academy Season Two Episode Six. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff. Um, again, not too much happen they're just kind of infiltrating trying to get some information about shin and uh yeah yeah again you know more you know more of like a middle episode i feel and you know, i feel like next episode is going to be some some big stuff um but yeah so we have anos who cursed that one guy to trick the enemy that was really cool right to be like well we're gonna curse you and then you're gonna look like you're saving him so you know no one suspects anything right because those two people are on anos, anos side, not avos side. Um, so that was cool. That was, that was very clever. Um, then Anos is using time match to figure out what happened to Shin. They kind of go back in time and they're trying to figure out what happened. They're trying to see, you know, cause Shin is one of their suspects for like who, you know, who is heavily involved in this whole, you know, Avos scheme. So, um, let's see. We have a nice moment with the freaking Sasha, the Sundere. Um, you know, Anos showed Sasha that one spell. And she was like, oh, he's like super blushing about it. And it was, it was cute. Um, now we have Anoshu, <laughs> which is like kid Anos. Very funny. Um, you know, he, he did that because he's trying to come off as not threatening to the two people, uh, Shin and the one girl, I don't remember her name. I didn't write down her name. Um, but it was very cool. And they're like, oh, we're a pack of entertainers or whatever. Um, but yeah, again, they're. Disguise in their true identities you know so they can get close to them and because again their whole mission is shin so if they can have them just you know say hey yeah sure travel with us let's do it we're, we're doing this thing whatever then cool they're wishing and we can we, we can start rocking and rolling um then we have a nice revelation here which is a, n- a little like side mystery that we've had for past few episodes um lena is the love fairy fran right you know so so we have the one that's like all masked and stuff she has amnesia all that all that good stuff um the one lady was like yo she she's Lena, the love fairy fran she's she's who it is Lena is this she's a she's a she's a fairy (laughs) it's crazy um and the whole thing though is like hey well but we can't tell her because if we tell her she's gonna disappear (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we we have to what what did she say like we have to we have to make her realize what love is or something and then she has to do that first before she can realize she is the love fairy crazy stuff again this this show has some very weird like side threads
1: <laughs> I don't know
0: how important they are but they're fun I guess um then we have a nice battle they weren't able to bring their weapons or tools into this other time um so Shin lends Lei, the unique sword going crazy with it and then he lets he lets him keep it for you know for the duration of their of their stay so that's that's cool um yeah that's 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 pretty much the episode um again very a very middle episode where they are they're working down the path right like they're here we're trying to learn more about shin learn more about this little time that we got here um yeah yeah good good stuff not not really too much to say i liked it it was it was cool um always nice when anos puts on his powers and so, oh, we're just so for this one, it's like, oh, we're just we're, we're some unsuspecting, we're an unsuspecting group, can't wait, you know. Next, we got Don't tell Me, Miss Nagatoro, season two, episode seven. Um, yeah, good stuff here. Let's see, uh, yeah, the whole skiing episode, yeah, that's nice. Um, uh, we, we have a nice little segment at the beginning where Nagatoro helps Senpai with his contacts. Um, yeah, just not really much substance just like ah no glasses cool i guess um i at the skiing trip um it's funny in the beginning you know senpai's friends thinks that him and nagator were dating it's like well yeah maybe we might be who's who, who could say who's asking <laughs> um and senpai is really bad at skiing right as as we thought as we figured the one thing that he is good at is art Other than that no real skills, <laughs> Nagatoro being the athletic one, obviously super good at skiing, why wouldn't she be, um, and it is nice, you know, you know, it it opens up a good opportunity for Nagatoro to teach him, and them spend time together, and uh, yeah, just be very genuine with each other, you know, I think that's one of the best things about the show, is that on the outside, it's very like, you know, she's teasing him a whole lot, He's gets embarrassed. It's very, it'd be very aggressive at times, but I think the best parts are when they're alone and they're just truly spending time with each other and like trying to enjoy each other's company with whatever they're doing. Um, so it's something like this, where it's like, she just kind of tease him about it a little bit, but once that's over, after like the 30 seconds of teasing in the beginning, she's like genuinely wants to help him. And like, you know isn't getting upset with him isn't like oh why why can't you just do it she's like oh no try this or do this or watch me and you know whatever like she really she really is trying to teach him you know that just out of her heart right what she wants to do and it's moments like that that i think make the show whole you know like if it was just the weirdly aggressive teasing it'd be cool but it'd be like okay you know it's just why do we care you know um and then uh, Senpai decides to night ski by himself. Very dangerous. <laughs> um, senpai, des- senpai decides to help the one guy from skiing too fast. And it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, Senpai can ski well enough to catch up to someone and safely stop them from skiing too fast, possibly hitting a tree. It's like, Okay, cool. Senpai is, you know, in just this little bit of time, he's learned enough. You know, you know, he was really paying attention to Nagator. And he's really trying to. You know, because he, he could not care. But you know i think another part of him is like well nagatoro really enjoys this um you know you know i want to be good you know part of part of him i think just wants to maybe try to uh you know enjoy some hobbies that nagatoro has but i think also we've saw it in a little bit in the beginning where you know he wanted to impress her oh look how good i am you know that sort of thing so he, again he has, he has a lot of motivation so for the fact that he has gotten so much better. He's still not like incredible, but he's gone to the point where it's like, okay, I can, I I can ski. It's huge. Um And then the opposite happens to now where instead of someone going too fast and him trying to save them, someone's going too fast and is going to crash into him and he can't, he can't get out of the situation fast enough. And so uh, Nagatoro saves him on a, on a, on a sick snowboard. Um, saves him. Um, gives them the evil eye. Uh, whenever anyone again the premise of the show you know nagatora teases him a whole lot messes with him but when anyone messes with him that's not her oof you better you you better pray for your life (laughs) you know because she turns back and she gives them the evilest eye ever and they they sprint out of here right um and uh yeah then we have the great moments you know you know another cool thing about the show is there's patterns right which i think you know one end Get you know you can see it as repetitive and boring or whatever, but I think on the other end, it's 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 nice to see things come back around and to see through lines for even small stuff. Um, so we have something like this that I, I noticed yesterday. Um, you know, senpai asks her to teach him some more. It's a great moment, right? It's like awesome, right? He wants to learn more. He wants to be with her more. All that stuff, right? Um, but you realize, he, you know, they they do this thing where you know he's kind of stuttering through his words. He's kind of saying. He's asking his question only two or three words at a time and he says the two or three words as a question and then Nagator repeats the two or three words as sort of a question as well and they kind of keep doing this back and forth and uh you know you've you, you realize that you know every time Nagator does this she knows what he's trying to ask her and she loves it right like she knows that he's trying to ask her to teach him some more she, she knows it, right? She, she can clearly tell. And she's repeating it because she herself is kind of embarrassed because she knows how much she wants him to... Wait. She knows how much she wants him to ask her this specific question. And so she herself is getting kind of flustered and like repeating what he says of like trying to keep him on track almost to be like, hey, you know, keep keep asking me what you're going to ask me because I, I really want you to ask me this question. And it's not the first time she's done it, right? Like, I, the other time that comes to mind is when she knew that he wanted to ask her to go to the zoo. And so that, you know, and, and so that, you know she was trying to guide him and it got to the point where he started to really ask the question and <laughs> Nagatoro started to do the same thing. And so it's, you know, it's just nice when something like that comes back around where it is like a, you know, it is another character quirk, right? Like, you know, something that, that, that Nagatoro does. So that's cool. Um, and then uh, the very end, which is nice. Uh, the art club president got into art school right university, whatever, and senpai wants to as well. And it's nice because you know the the art club president is like, wow, I never, you know, I, you know, I've never gotten such a clear, positive answer from you before. You know, like this is this is growth, <laughs> right? Um, and the big moment with this is that senpai realizes that he doesn't know what Nagatora wants from the future. You know like he's kind of mulling over in his head and he realizes not only like not only does he not know that he doesn't really know anything about nagatora like in terms of what's inside of her head you know like they don't you know they're starting to realize that they don't really know a lot about each other you know they spend time with each other they hang out they have fun whatever but they don't really know anything about each other like on the inside you know and so i hope that that's foreshadow for next episode because i'd really like to have like some serious conversations because i feel like for the most part it's just kind of again like fun wacky you know whatever um but ever so often you do get the more serious stuff and those are really nice as well so yeah next we got kubo won't let me be invisible episode six i'm realizing some of these shows are back to back in a very um coincidental way where like you know i mentioned before you know i always compare angel next door to the ice guy show Very similar. Um, Just realized that Nagatoro and Kubo, very similar shows as well. Nagatoro is sort of aggressive, (laughs) whereas Kubo is more like innocent and like coy about it. But they are two very similar shows. I think Kubo is also a little more obvious with her feelings, but at the base, very similar. Um, So... What do we have? Um, oh yeah, so we see Shiraishi meet up with Akina again, which is Kubo's older sister. I'm um, just kind of bump into them and also bump into her younger cousin Saki. Um, it's just crazy <laughs> how much they look like each other. It's like wow, Saki looks just like Kubo, and I love it, dude. Oh man, Akina. I've already mentioned this before about how much I love Akina because she is the smuggest. <laughs> one of the smuggest characters ever and i love it because it's like okay so saki looks a lot like kubo looks spitting image of how kubo looked when she was in middle school right and akina basically tries to trap shiraishi multiple times right she's like oh yeah isn't isn't she cute right isn't you know you know isn't saki cute you know and then, like, shirashi starts to answer just you know shirashi's going to give the normal answer when someone asks that about like just you know you know just like a young kid right you're just like oh yeah you're, you know cute kid or whatever oh yeah you're you're pretty or whatever right like you know kids kids want to hear that right you know you know especially saki where she looks up to kubo one of the reasons is because kubo is so pretty and she's like oh i want to i want to be like my older cousin kubo or whatever right so oh yeah very you know very cute or whatever right so a very kid a very like i don't know like that is the answer that shirashi was supposed to give right oh yeah very, super cute whatever you know whatever right you know trying to you know make her feel good right she, she is um you know that's like loves it right but then before you can get anything out she's like oh yeah she she, oh yeah Saki's super cute right isn't you know isn't she shirashi you know just like kubo <laughs> oh she looks just like kubo right so you know you know she's super cute just like kubo is right and it, and it traps shiraishi because now it's not just about saki if, she, if she's to, if he says yes to saki he is indirectly saying that, that 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 he thinks kubo is cute you look at akina and her smug face like she knows she knows what she's asking and it's and it's incredible and he's just like sweating buckets <laughs> He's like, I don't I don't know how I'm supposed to answer this. Because if, if I say no, I'm gonna hurt Saki's feelings. But if I say yes, then then I'm gonna be saying that, that Kubo's cute, and then and then and, and then Akin is gonna go back and what's gonna happen. And it's, it's just so good. Um and then also um she also shows uh you know Shiraishi, a picture of Kubo when she was in middle school, and then you know he obviously thinks that she's she looks cute in the picture, whatever. And then Akina just had this smug face of like, oh she was so cute, right? <laughs> just such a ah oh, such a, such a, such a beast, you know? Like, <laughs> he knows ex- she knows exactly what she's doing. Um, and then they exchange line info, which is dangerous. Now Akina has Shiraishi's line information. <laughs> I mean, one, it was great because, you know, she sent him the photo, right? It's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll reward you with this photo or whatever, you know. Um, very, very cute picture of Kubo. But then this just opens up the door for so many more shenanigans because it's like, what is, now Akina has his phone number. What is Akina going to do? <laughs> you know it's a setup for something. Akina is going to do something. But, um, and then more with Akina afterwards, Akina does the thing where you act like you know that something happened, but you're just guessing and you know that if the person that you're talking to uh, reacts in a certain way, you confirmed it, right? It's like, oh, you know, you talk to a kid. It's like, it's like, oh, why'd you, you know, why'd you take the cookie from the cookie jar or whatever? And the kid lets it slip and he gets super defensive. You know, you know that oh you it, it actually was you. You know, that, that was a terrible example. The whole point is to like entrap people, right? To to like act like you know that something happened and then them be and then them get all defensive and then maybe even be like, How'd you know? How'd you know it was me? And they're like, haha, I didn't know it was you, but thank you for confessing. And so that's basically what you know you know what Akina does. Where Akina's like Oh yeah, you you should invite him you should invite him over again. And and Kubo's like How do you know that he was over here before? And Akina's like, "Haha, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know it, but now I do." And it's funny because you remember back to when it happened, um this was back when Shiraishi couldn't get into his home, right? And it was raining, I think. And so Kubo let him over at her place. Like, "Hey, take a shower. Here's some clothes for you." whatever um, you know because you're locked out of your place and you know you're it's raining you, should, you, you, you know you got to take a shower you gotta or take a bath or whatever um, you know so that you don't get sick right so good stuff there such a such a beast <laughs> you know um and then we have the other great moments here uh, we have Kubo finance Kubo's a great teacher right and we and it's it's great because Shiraishi thought that she like that, that she's gonna tease him, right? To like tease him and be like, "Oh, you don't know this, you don't know the answer to this question," but no, she, you know, she has this great line where she's like, "I would never tease someone who's trying really hard to learn something new." It's like, oh, ah, oh, so pure, <laughs> you know. But that's but, but that's like such a good mentality to have because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you? why would you make fun of i mean you know even this situation like why would anyone truly make fun of someone for not knowing how to do a certain you know math problem right it's like like they're trying you know they're trying to learn it they're trying like you're gonna make fun of them for not having the knowledge like instead of helping them out and giving them the knowledge that's that's crazy you know she's a great teacher they're able to understand everything so it's awesome right and they're like oh man we're gonna we should study again tomorrow perfect um and then we have the end where shirashi stays home sick and they accidentally send each other stamp messages right so shirashi's was actually accidental you know because we have the whole episode or that whole segment where kubo is trying to figure out how to you know what what should she text him right like she doesn't want to sound too like forward she doesn't want to sound like you know like oh does this sound weird uh does this come off as like annoying or whatever um and so she you know, he finally messages her back and his brother accidentally sends him a, sends her a sticker. They're like, I I I miss you sticker, right? And it's like, what does this mean? And she's about to text him back but then she but then here he already has a text, like, Oh no, no that was that wasn't me, that was my brother, he accidentally hit the thing and she's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I know, yeah, know that 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 totally makes sense And then she sends him a sticker accidentally and is like, Oh no no, that was that was my sister it's like oh, okay, cool. Kubo playing those games, man. You know, you knew the you knew for a second it was it was about to get real dicey because she was about to react to the sticker as if he sent it. You know, and it's like, ooh, what uh, what happens there? But then it was, but then he backed off. So then you know, so then she backed off and she played Koi. It's like, ooh, we're we're getting somewhere, boys. <laughs> um Then we have the end where Shiraishi walks Kubo to the nurse's office. She's super sick, super dizzy. Walks her over, and uh, you know she's she's super grateful, all all that stuff. So, uh, good stuff, right? Good stuff there. Um, yeah, great great show, man. You know it's another one of those shows where it's just like, I don't, I mean I don't really know if it's leading to one of them confessing. I don't know. It could. It could not. With this, with a show like this, I don't really care. I mean, it'd be great, right? But I also think them just kind of messing with each other is fun too, <laughs> you know so we'll see, we'll see what happens, Dragon Stampede, episode seven, um, not a whole lot happened in this episode, I feel like it was more just, like, tailing off the whole Livio and Nico thing, and then a nice little cliffhanger at the end, um, so basically, um, let's see, we have Vash stopping Nico from shooting Livio, that was, that was a big moment, because he's like, hey, no, like, don't kill him, like, he might remember something, like, he might be able to bring the real him out and then save him like don't don't just kill him you know um and he does olivia remembers who he was and shoots himself kills himself right in the head that's tough (laughs) that is a tough situation man um it's just again just furthering the whole nico story um you know i think really turning nico onto vash's side and it's just like strong characters i think where it's like i don't know I don't really know the trajectory of the show, but I think them constantly bringing up characters that are under millions knives who millions knives are kind of effective negatively and them dying or just, you know, hurting and then being connected to Vash or being connected to Nico, you know, like who's connected to Vash who again might turn over. Um, you know, I think is very smart and I think really builds up these characters a lot. Um, I mean, I would just like to see where it goes. I mean, again, we're only halfway through, right? We're just ha- we're just over halfway through, so there's still a ton left. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the whole episode. That's really the only couple things I really took of notes. I mean, the whole time, stuff is just kind of happening, right? Like they're rocketing towards the orphanage. They're trying to stop them. They're figuring it out. But the whole like confusion aspect to the episode is just kind of most of the episode, you know? just kind of like, so again, not, not really a whole lot to talk about. Um, we do have the very end, which uh, Vash comes out with like a weird pattern all over his body, like a weird glowing pattern. And I I think there's a plant there. There's other plant there, or he has some like weird plant energy or something. Um, so yeah, cool cool cliffhanger. You know, we'll I'm sure they'll pick right up where we left off next episode. So we'll see what's happening there. Um, but yeah good stuff again not not really too much to talk about not not a bad episode by any means just like i just don't feel like there's a lot to talk about like they, it's cool they ended off that that um you know that little storyline with nico and livio um very tragically you know but i think that that really ekes into building up nico's character more and seeing like what his motivations are going to be going forward um and then the cliffhanger of possibly a plant thing happening with vash not really sure so yeah next we got inspector season two episode six um yeah new story here um set up for a new story which i think is really interesting um so we have the fish are cursed <laughs> they're like cursed fish they're just dead fish showing up everywhere apparently um and they think that zenta had something to do with this after Subasa died um and they think that there was maybe some depression there or some whatever some lingering feelings some you know maybe some guilt whatever it may be you know zenta was involved in somehow zenta is the one that's like cursing the i the beach i guess i don't really know how they put those two together but sure yeah it could be happening um we have a flashback to what they think is where all the connections were Uh, so we have tay found the doll that, that that zenta was carving for so long very weird but that's what he was doing um, he found the doll finished. I was like, oh, great. Oh, man, the doll's finished. Awesome. What are, what are we going to do now? Like, what's, you know, this is awesome. Turns around, Zenta, dead in the chair. Oof. That is tough. That is some tough, <laughs> that's, a, that's some tough juice to drink, you know? Don't like that. Um, so, you know, some theories there, like what happened? What do you, you know, I'm dying or whatever. Did he kill himself? Did the doll kill him or something? I don't know, right? Then when the police came, because you know someone is dead, you call the police. <laughs> um, the doll was gone. The doll was just gone, and it's like, oof, that's that is some mystical, magical, some paranormal. <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't like that. Don't like that at all. What happened here? Um, and then uh, in present time, Tay's cat spirit led her to the beach with the other spirits. Right, it's so like, okay, cool. It's kind of where all the spirits hang out. Um, again connection to maybe the beach being haunted or cursed whatever um this is cool and then the doll comes all the spirits are very scared of the doll they don't like it um they you know they're trying to get away from it that's that's kind of why they go to the beach to kind of get away from wherever the doll may be lingering um and they always are trying to constantly fight the doll and try to like take it out and be like yeah this doll is not good it's bad juju right and so um, the doll, though, always wins and has survived for so long because it has, like, electricity powers. It has to do maybe, like, the rock in its arm. Um, so it always just destroys whatever spirits try to fight it. And then it walks into the ocean, on the on the floor of the ocean, and that's what's killing the fish, is probably the electricity that is just spurting off. It's just killing fish, right? Um, and then at the end, we have Kotoko and Kuro who are here to help. Um, so, yeah, I mean good stuff a good setup um i'm interested to see what the doll's motivations are like if zenta died and became the doll like a spirit went into it or if it was subasa um you know what again what the motivations are of why it's fighting the spirits why it's walking into the ocean killing the fish um again like this episode a very nice setup of like weird stuff which is what inspector is it's always like weird you know like mysteries (laughs) But it's, it, it's a good one. It's interesting. You know, You know, this is one that I'm more interested in than the other ones. And I hope that, again, like, I just really hope it's not another, oh, Kotoko shows up and is like, this is what happened. There you go. And walks off. She's like, no, like, I want you to investigate. I want there to be something, you know, like, even just more fighting. Like, you know, we, we saw more battles in the first season. We're already halfway through this season. We haven't really seen any. So, you know. It's a good setup though. It's a good setup. I like it. So we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes off. Um yeah. Oh, the the lightning doll, you know. Static shock over here. Um, yeah, and then we have Tokyo Avengers, season two, episode six. Um, this is the battle. Um not not the full battle, but you know, some battling, some some dueling is happening. Um so we have Chifuyu joined Toman because he respects Baji, right, so a little bit of backstory there, um, you know, kind of, you know, just just more Chifu. you know, it's good stuff. Um, then we have Chifuyu giving Baji's sash to Takamichi, so that's very symbolic, uh, kind of passing the torch down, he feels that Takamichi is uh, worthy of owning the sash, and also um, he joined because of Baji, so now he's like, Baji's the only one that I really respected, so me giving you Baji's sash means that you are now the other one, the other person that I respect, right, Josh's loyalty, all that good stuff, right, um, however, Kisuke, and the other guy, right, Kisuke's the one where it's like, we never should have trusted him, um, and people are like, nah, man, we, we, we could trust Kisuke, everything he's saying makes sense, and then Kisuke ties up Chifu, and and the other guy, I don't remember the other guy's name, but Kisuke ties him up, and it's just like, too weak not gonna happen blah 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 right it's like ah right when we thought right when we thought stuff was going well um then we have Takemichi tells hakai that yuzuha would give would grieve if he committed murder right so that's his whole plan right because his thing is he has to stop hakai and he has to kill taiju himself um, so he tries to kind of guilt him a little bit and bring yuzuha into it um doesn't work though <laughs> because taiju comes in and he immediately tries to kill him Taiju stops him because he's way more powerful. Um, and now he's beating up Takemichi. It's just bad stuff, man. You know, Taiju's just better. He's stronger, you know? Like he's just better. Um, however, Yuzuha comes out of nowhere and decides to stab Taiju right in the back. Right, right near the kidneys, you know? And uh doesn't kill him. He like punches Yuzuha, falls, you know, goes across the floor. Um, Takemichi is pu- is kind of piecing everything together and realizes that in the original timeline, Yuzuha killed Taiju. It wasn't Hakai. It was Yuzuha. That means he hasn't stopped anything because in his mind he was like, well, this isn't really going well. But I did stop Hakai from killing Taiju. But turns out, Hakai wasn't the one who killed him. It was Yuzuha. So the timeline that he's trying to avoid is still active. Um, Yuzuha... might have killed him right there in the original timeline so it might be shifting a little bit but you have to now stop Yuzuha. you have to stop either of them (laughs) from killing taiju you know real realistically so um that's that's kind of where it drops for now um i don't really know how takamiji is going to stop them i mean it is like i don't know how he's gonna talk his way to this one i feel like takamichi i mean that's that's really how he survived up until this point is just talking his way out of stuff and like setting up certain pieces um to just avoid conflict or to instigate the necessary conflict and so with this one it's like what do you say you know like what do you like how how (laughs) like akai and yuzuha i don't know that they're powerful enough to take on i don't know that all three of them can take on taiju honestly um I mean maybe unless they have other toman members like that are secretly gonna come and help them out I don't I don't really know how this is gonna end you know I mean this is kind of like the Christmas showdown isn't it like like th- this is the thing so we'll see I mean yuzuha really blew her chance there <laughs> you know I don't know why she went for the 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 lower back, you know, I would have gone for like the upper back, you know, closer to a little more vital organs there, the lung, the heart, you know, the, the, the windpipe, something like that. You know what I mean? The, the, the lower back is a strange target. You know I mean? It sucks, right? You don't want your kidneys or your intestines or even your spine, right? Um, but even all of that, like won't necessarily kill you i mean obviously not more than like the heart or a lung or something like that you know so um but yeah man i i don't know that's gonna end i also don't know what's gonna go on further than this because like this season is called the christmas showdown so like it being christmas six episodes in what's the rest of the season <laughs> isn't the season 24 episodes like what what else is this gonna be you know so uh we'll see we'll see you know good good stuff Good cliffhanger to see how this ends so i'm excited and then that's it not another isekai this week is done um yeah man you know like i said we are at least halfway more cases than not over halfway with all these shows um not only closing up the new shows but also closing up all the two core shows today we finished eminence and shadow and we still have blue lock and my hero to wrap up as well. And uh yeah, man we're getting close, we're getting close to the end a lot of these shows again. A lot of them are more slice of lifey, so it's not really like ooh, crazy plot points. Um but some of them are You know, try and Stampede, how close we get into millions Knives, you know. Um what else? <laughs> um well, I guess it's, a lot of these are really slice of lifey, but anyway, um Either way, good stuff, loving it, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm also really excited for next season as well, you know, you know, this is kind of, you know, once you get over halfway in the current season, that's where I kind of start to look at next season, not trying to already push this current season aside, but you know, you start to get a little little curious, right? Let me tell you, if you guys have not looked at what next season is bringing us, crazy, crazy stuff, man, we got like Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, we got Dr. Stone, um new ranking the kings konosuba spinoff um Ko and adaptation the next mercury witch season which we covered on here last season so that's cool so we got a lot of stuff please please go check it out and you know let me know what next season stuff you're hyped for because next season gonna be a banger it's gonna be wild um but yeah that's it that is it um until next time Watch more anime.